welcome to the IonHoops.com podcast with your host, Guy Flotico. What's up, Gale Nation? It's season three, episode 35 of the IonHoops.com podcast. And in this episode, we'll finally, finally conclude our series of recruit scouting reports with two last guests stopping by to drop knowledge. We've even got some non-conference scheduling news and be afraid, be very afraid, I'm even going to sing at one point in this episode. So we've got a lot to cover, and as always, we've got a couple of Iona and Iotas as well. Iona, Iotas. A couple steps closer to a full non-conference slate. Want another quality one-for-one series against a good mid-major? How about Colgate? The Red Raiders out of the Patriot League will be visiting Iona in late December, and the Gales will return the game in the 2024-25 season. Nice one there. Want another opponent? The Gales are hosting Sacred Heart this year in a bye game. Not sure the exact date of that one just yet. It's probably one of the first couple of games of the season. Um, of course, it has not been officially announced by the school yet, but a couple of good sources are confirming it. How about some more info? We have a date for the game against St. Joe's at UBS. It'll be Saturday, December 16th. Also hearing Jared Grasso and Bryant will be on the card as well at that, that day at UBS against Towson. And there may be a third game as well. Stay tuned. And we're not done yet. It appears we finally have a full list of eight teams for the Gulf Coast Classic, November 20 to 22nd in Estero, Florida, right next to Fort Myers. In addition to Iona, we have Hofstra, Wright State, Buffalo, Illinois State, Long Beach State, High Point in Louisiana. Full bracket and game time should be out pretty soon. I know I'll be booking a flight. All right. So where are we then with the with the non-conference schedule on the whole? Well, it's believed we'll have a total of four home games, three of which we now know about um, um, with the opponents with Hofstra, Colgate, and Sacred Heart. And rumor has it the fourth game will be another by home game, so stay tuned there. Neutral site, we have four of those too. The three games in Florida and the St. Joe's game. That's eight. That leaves three road games at Colorado, Sunday, November 26th, at Charleston, which I be, uh, believe is our season opener, but we don't have a date for, for that one yet, and at Harvard. That's 11. And so we're just about there. Given the situation with the new staff and 11 new gales, I like this slate. I know some people think it might not have a lot of oomph, but you know what? I mean, what, what do you want us to do here? We have brand new staff, brand new team. I'm good with the schedule. Too bad if you're not should prepare us well for the Mac play. That's what's the most important thing. Nice job by everyone involved on Aon and putting this slate together. And yes, I'd expect you guys will hear about finalizing those season tickets soon as well. Iona, Ionis. Oh, Canada, our home and native land, our true patriot love, in all of us command. All right, I'll stop. I'll stop. And it's apparent I've watched way too much hockey in my lifetime. Why am I singing the Canadian national anthem? Well, if you don't know by now, New Gales Joel Brown and Weasel Penzo are both of Canadian descent. They're childhood friends and have played together in the Great White North. And both participated in workouts for Canada's under-23 team at the Global Jam in Toronto, which gets underway this week. The Canadian team is one of four teams in the event, the others being Germany, Africa, and the U.S., which is being represented by none other than John Calipari and the Kentucky Wildcats. Bonus, former Gale, Nelly Jr. Joseph will be suiting up for Team Africa at the event. Unfortunately, though, Panzo had to withdraw from the event due to family reasons, but Brown will still be playing for Canada. 
The round robin event runs from Wednesday, July 12th through Sunday, July 16th. Each team plays each other once, and then there is a gold medal game and a bronze game, so four games total for the team. Check out ionagales.com for official info on this, or ionahoops.com for unofficial info. How to watch it? Well, that's the tricky part. Right now, it seems like the streaming network in Canada that's airing all of the games cannot be viewed in the U.S. without a VPN. If you don't know what the hell I'm talking about with all of that, check out the Iona board or DM me on Twitter and I'll explain further. For the record, using a VPN is how I watched Iona's NCAA game while I was in Aruba, so it is entirely doable. Anyway, keep checking online to see if any info breaks regarding a better way to watch Brown light up Calipari's bunch and make them think they're playing St. Peter's again. All right, let's get to our recruiting features in this podcast, your portal and the offer roundup. Some late news out of the portal is Texas A&M Corpus Christi transfer and reigning Southland Conference All-Conference Player and Defensive Player of the Year, Terion Murdix, hit the transfer market. Iona has expressed interest, but so have, well, a whole bunch of majors and other teams. The 6'1 guard averaged 13.4 points, 5.4 assists, 4.3 rebounds, and 2.3 steals per game, so a great add for anyone who can land him. But there's a catch. He's recovering from knee surgery right now and is not expected to be healthy until uh, the end of the year or so. Uh, the end of December, I should say. Uh, but, well, this is the kind of player that Tobin's been holding that last scholarship for. The kid is a game changer, even with this being his last year of eligibility. So, again, majors are interested as well, but we're curious to see who lands him. Good to see Iona make a push for him, though. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Let's start this off with an unofficial visitor, class of 2025, Omari Moore, 6'3 point guard uh, Hudson, at a Hudson Catholic in Jersey City. He's got interest from majors and mids. He is a top 100 player, number two player in New Jersey. He's four star on ESPN, three star in other platforms. Offered by the likes of St. John's in 2021. Most recent offer was from Fordham back in December. Got a couple 2024 reported offers out there, a 6'8 wing. Uh, Josh Decady out of Kimball Union Academy in New Hampshire and Crown AAU. Kid has a big frame, big motor, uh, finishes through contact, protects the glass and the rim, shows range and perimeter even. Offers from Siena Fairfield, New Hampshire, Merrimack, Maine, and UMBC. But it feels like he's going to blow up this summer. And we've offered 6'7 wing Malik Ab- Abdullahi out of Miami, three-star on on three. Offers from Georgia, Florida Atlantic, Rice, Illinois, Chicago, Florida Gulf Coast, and a host of others. Versatile player and athlete would be a lot of fun to watch in a Gale uniform. Finally, we've got a 6'5 class of 2024 combo guard out of Raleigh, J.N. Walker. He's an athletic, high IQ player. Offers from St. Bonaventure, Robert Morris, uh, Georgia State, State. Uh, High Point, William Mary, and UT Arlington with interest from the likes of Richmond, VCU, and Yale. Tough kid, but versatile in his game. Good handle as well. Looks like a really nice player. All right, let's blow up this podcast with our two guests and our final two scouts of New Gales. We'll start with Andrew Bowman, assistant coach of Sultan Adewale at Newman Goretti High. And then Ryan Price joins us. He was an assistant coach at Southern last year and can give us some insights on New Gale Terrell Williams Jr. Let's get to it. 
Andrew Bowman is the assistant basketball coach at Newman Goretti High in Philly, which produced New Gale, Sultan Adewale. So he's been able to watch Sultan develop his game over these years, which concluded with first team All-State honors after averaging 15 and 10 last year. Uh, the 6'8 Brit just feels like he's going to have an impact from day one for the Gales. So let's now welcome Coach Bowman so we can learn more about the big man. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Guy. Appreciate you having me on. So Adewale had some big time offers during his high school years. And even just a couple weeks before committing to Iona Buffalo out of the Mid-American offered him. Can you give us your view of how his recruiting went these past couple of years? Yeah. So for, you know, for him and, you know, a number of high school kids, uh, you know, COVID obviously kind of played a big, big role. in you know, a lot of this uh, then add on the fact that, you know, he's an international coming from uh, Great Britain. Um, and when he first got over here, uh, which I guess was summer of 2020, he was at a pretty small school out in St. Louis um, that actually ended up closing their doors after that school year. Uh, I think they maybe had, you know, 20, 25 kids kind of total uh, in the, in the school, really just like one of those, you know, athletic schools that kind of also exist as a, you know, a high school as well, too. Um, they played most of their basketball out uh, the grind session, which is, uh, mostly in Arizona, but a little bit in California and uh, I think the Las Vegas area as well, too. Um, and then he, he kind of was was, you know, up in the air with staying in the States or not. Uh, you know, obviously still had a lot of that that interest, um, you know, from colleges. So, you know, it, it sort of made sense that, you know, if he could find a kind of find a school here, he should because, you know, it seemed like he was going to be transitioning kind of, you know, into a Division one basketball player. Um, and I had known about him um, prior to him coming, you know, to the States, he actually was going to come to Newman before all this COVID kind of stuff kicked off. And then, uh, you know, we weren't actually able to take any international kids, in, you know, league wide, that was kind of like a rule. Um, so, you know, we were able to kind of get him a fit at a, at a school that, you know, I, I was kind of, you know, happy he was here, but at the same time, you know, a little upset there. Yeah. Okay. You know, he's, he'll be there just for, you know, the next, next two years and, you know, then, then he'll go off to college, but, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, however, I guess you want to look at it, you know, he was able to make his, his way uh, out to Newman for us. Um, and it also, it, you know, changed the kind of the landscape of schools that were looking at him. He had a lot of, you know, Midwest and West teams that kind of, you know, saw him play a little more. And then obviously, you know, playing in Philadelphia, there's, you know, I don't know there's five, five, six schools within 10 miles of, you know, our campus that are division one schools, basically, you know, the big five city, six out of Philly. Right. Then you throw in, you know, a number of South Jersey teams, you know, university of Delaware, some of the Patriot leagues and going down into Maryland. I mean that, you know, it just, it, it, it takes off from there. There's, you know, 50 probably programs that had kind of seen them play. Um, and, you know, with some of the high, high major, interest it, it at the same time kind of can scare away some smaller schools thinking that like okay well you know I, I saw this up on his instagram or on his twitter or someone mentioned this so you know maybe he's not the type of guy for us um and you also every year kind of go through the whole coaching change of you know maybe they were recruiting me here and then they're going to go here and you know maybe i don't fit that style or it's you know too big of a program or too small of a program and i think you know with coach anderson at iona that was you know, something that, that probably fit perfectly for Sultan with him, um, you know, leaving FDU 
and uh, then going up there to New York and, and to Iona. Um, and not that it was like they kind of jumped in late, uh, just the timing almost kind of worked out perfectly. Um, hmm. And, you know, I, he was excited about all of it. And, and, you know, we were as well, too. I saw a quote from Sultan after he committed. The Iona staff told him that there's no one like him on the roster. And even now with recruiting pretty much done, it looks like for us, this is the case. What does he bring to the Gales when on the court? Sultan, um, you know, he does a lot of, you know, little things um, that coaches kind of love, you know, filling up the stat sheets, whether it's, you know, offensive rebound, deflections, you know, stuff like that. So there's always going to be a place for him, you know, kind of at any, at any level that he plays. Um, and, you know, you mentioned it earlier about his, you know, stats and, and um, in the state tournament uh, and in the regular season and being, you know, first team all state is that, you know, he's really like a, an absolute double, double machine and really one of the best offensive rebounders I've, I've ever seen at the high school level. Um, you know, and he, he kind of can score on his own and also can, you know, run that like two man game a little bit um, pretty good for us in screens and pops, but, you know, he could face up and, and back down to the basket a little bit, you know, if he needed to, and really just going to, you know, fill up the statute, like I said, on some of those second champs points and, and offensive rebounds. Um, so I, I think, you know, like I said, that you kind of can find that, uh, you know, can you kind of find a fit for that kid anywhere, just because, you know, those are things that, that you want. Um, and I actually was, was going back and looking at Coach Anderson's FDU team, and, and I remember watching a little bit of the, him the year before when they were at St. Thomas, and there's a kid he had, I think he's still going to be at uh, FDU this year named Sean Moore, who's like a undersized, like, you know, four type player. Uh, I think he's like six, four, six, five, maybe. And Sultan's, you know, bigger than he is, but very similar kind of player to him. And if you go and kind of look at his stats, um, he kind of did a little bit of everything, you know, can shoot it from outside rebounds, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think, you know, Sultan from the beginning, um, you know, it's going to have a, have a shot to, you know, get some minutes and, and play there. Yeah. I mean, Tobin runs that five out motion offense and uh, you, when you, and he recruited like that this year, I mean, the one, the one big that is returning from the one player that's returning from Ina's roster last year is, is a stretch five. And he recruited, you know, perimeter guys, mostly even as bigs perimeter guys. So, you know, like to your point, you know, he, he did have that one guy in FDU who can do the dirty work and in, in the paint and, and, and battle for boards and things like that. And, and it sounds like Sultan is the guy who's going to do that. Um, but even in the system, you know, you do need that one guy who can be that guy who can set up on the low post and do some things uh, for you, uh, you know, back to the basket type stuff uh, in your mind, can Sultan be that guy? Yeah, I think he, I think he can, um, you know, especially, you know, in that conference, um, you know, he's now no longer, he's not like an undersized big, you know, playing in, you know, a, a high major conference somewhere. He's, he's now, you know, he's got good size for, for that conference, but also, you know, as an athletic kid plays out on the wing a little bit. I mean, and like you, you know, you mentioned with uh, which Co coach Anderson's office, I mean, we're pretty much five out as well too. Um, we sometimes, you know, can have our point guard down kind of in the low block, you know, running, you know, we call it like our, our playmaker spot kind of, you know, running from there and Sultan might be, out on the key or cutting through and, you know, it, it, it's going to be a perfect fit for him. Something he's already used to. Um, and, you know, there's not going to be that much of a, you know, learning curve really um, as far as, you know, overall general concepts. Mm. 
And he, and he definitely looks like the, the, the part of, of a kid who's ready to contribute on the D1 level right away. Obviously, a lot of freshmen, especially bigs, don't always have that. But he feel he feels like he can. Is there an area of his game, though, that you feel maybe he's not quite D1 ready just yet? Um, I, The only thing I maybe would say is a little bit of his ball handling. And I mean, again, you, you, you're probably like, well, you know, we're, at, we're not asking him to, you know, run the point or, or being a two guard for us or anything. Um, but I mean, he can, if he's out on the wing, I mean, he can get downhill pretty quickly. Um, I think if he just tightens up, you know, that little bit of his game, that'll, you know, probably help him a lot. Um, and probably just put some weight on. Um, I mean, that's probably pretty common for most players coming out of high school, you know, transitioning into, into playing division one at an editing level. Um, uh, but I'm, you know, they have him locked in the weight room and, you know, eating pretty well at, at you know at, on campus and stuff like that so i you know that's not going to be i don't think too too big of a challenge for him and he does like to eat <laughs> good uh well i've conducted a lot of these scouts of my own players this off season on this podcast i always wrap up with the same question why will iona fans love sultan so i mean he he just he plays for the name on the front of the jersey and not not the name on the back I mean, that's something that he did already before coming to newman um, it's something that we really instill in all of our guys and it, it wasn't hard for him, but I mean, you know, we, you know, got it in his brain again too. And I mean, he just, he plays hard. He plays hard for his teammates, for himself. Um, he's had a, he's had a, you know, pretty rough road, um, you know, kind of transitioning from coming over by himself, being an only child. Um, his mom just passed away in the fall of his senior year, kind of pretty unexpectedly. I mean, he's, He's a he's a gritty gritty kid. I mean, he's a he's a got the mindset of like a Philly guard, but you know, in in his six eight and long frame. Um, and you know, he's just he's just an absolute an absolute pleasure to have around. Uh, you know, on the court, off the court. Um, and I know Iona is pretty passionate about you know everything to do with their school and especially their basketball. And I think uh, you know they'll they'll come to love him you know pretty quickly. Well, Coach, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on and share your insights on him. Uh, we're super excited to have him here, and we can't wait to watch him develop as a Gale. Uh, we appreciate you coming on to educate us on him, and thank you for taking the time to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, getting up to a game or, or circling some away games and coming and seeing you guys next year. We'd love to have you. Take care. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Guy. I'll see you. Ryan Price was an assistant coach at Southern University last year, so if there's anyone who knows what former Jaguar Terrell Williams Jr. brings to the table? It's him. Williams averaged eight and four while shooting 48% field goal, uh, 36% from three. So he was a SWAC rookie of the year in 2021. 68 career starts under his belt. So he brings lots of experience while still having two years of eligibility left for the Gales. And, and Coach Price is here to tell us more about him. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Guy, for having me. Well, Coach, Terrell just seems like a kid who does a little bit of everything out there. He scores, he defends, he rebounds. He's got a lot of experience. But kids like him, you have to kind of look past the stats to all the other stuff they bring, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Terrell um, has 68 starts uh, for us at Southern uh, while he was there. Uh, we, you know, we we were blessed to have him in our program uh, because he brought in leadership. Um, what people don't know is he he spent a year red-shirted with us. So um, it was a lot of development, a lot of growth, um, and a lot of trying to get better. There were times that he 
uh, would stay after practice numerous times or after games and just can just continue to get better and work on his game when he red shirted. Um, so, you know, there's some things about him uh, as far as as far as his work ethic, where he'll work and and get better and try to do do better and and try to do the things that it takes for your team to, to win a championship. Well, I'm not a coach, but in my mind, you can never have enough six, six kids who are athletic and have all these diverse skills like, like Terrell has. And he, he really fits into that mold. But, you know, he's coming to an Iona situation that's a little strange. So Rick Bettino leaves, the whole roster leaves with him pretty much. Only one kid returning. 11 new guys report, uh, recorded, recruited by uh, Tobin Anderson and his staff. It's a complete reboot for a program. And yet he had the confidence to say, I want to come in there and be a part of that. So tell us about what he's like as a player and what it, what he's like as a person. Well, you know, what's what's unique about that is he has been in that position before um, oh. because the year that he he signed with us at Southern, uh, it was actually we were going in a year or two. So we had to gut some things out and kind of clean up our program and get some 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 kids into our program and. Uh, it, we, it was a, kind of a similar situation. Only we were going in a year or two. We brought in twelve new faces, um, so he's been in that position before. Uh, so I don't think it's anything to him. I think he's up for the challenge of you know going to a situation um, where you know it's kind of the land of unknown. You know, as far as guys haven't haven't spent two or three years playing together with one another, and you know just. I guess now with the culture of college basketball, that's almost uncommon anyway, just to to sit there and and uh and and have teams that have been together for three or four years. Now you everybody is 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 looking into the portal and looking to make moves and things of that sort. But um I think, you know, with Terrell's game, uh I think what what people will love is his versatility. Um, as you mentioned before, he shoots the basketball at a solid clip. Um, he was always in the mid thirties as far as shooting the three. Uh, we actually wanted him to shoot the basketball a little bit more, hmm. uh, because we thought he, you know, he, he was, he was a pretty, pretty solid shooter. Um, defensively, um, he will take on the, the task of, of, of being a lockdown defender. Um, he has a great body, big time body. Um, you know, you know, uh, we kind of talk about it, you know, modern day people won't, won't know about it. And, and honestly, um, uh, you know, young, younger folks won't know about this, but you know, people that, that have been watching the game of basketball will know his body is very similar to, to Lim Bias. He has a great mm -hmm. body. Uh, I mean, he, you know, he, he puts a lot of work into getting his body looking right. Um, you know, he 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 does a good job defensively. Um, I like I said before, as far as defending the basketball, um, um, shooting the basketball, he's he's very solid at that. Um, you know, there's some things that, you know, obviously, you know, he probably has to get a little bit better. Um, it was just things that we were talking to him about as far as, you know, re being able to rebound the basketball a little bit more consistently, mm. uh, you know, with his athleticism, you know, getting four rebounds a game, he probably should be getting seven, eight rebounds a game. Mm. Um, but great kid. Um, I mean, amazing kid. I mean, he's the kid I have. I have a young family. He's the type of kid I would I could trust 
to to watch over my family if I stepped away from from my from my house for a few minutes. You know, um, you know, he comes from obviously with an uh, with an engineering degree, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the strong suits uh, at Southern University as far as degree programs. Um, you know, we kind of I kind of laugh and joke. I kind of tell this story about Terrell. Uh, Terrell will freak out if he doesn't have all A's. So mm. I mean, if he gets a B, he 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 loses it. Uh, but he's you know a phenomenal kid, uh, great character. Um, you know, just the type of kid that you want in your program. Mm. So with Tobin Anderson, he's going to play. Uh, uh, Terrell's going to be in a five-out system on offense. We have bigs that can shoot it. I don't know again what much you know about us. We have one guy returned from last year, and he's a seven-foot center, but he's more of a stretch five. Okay. Uh, shoots and shoots in the thirties from uh, from three. Uh, he's, I mean, so it's very uh, no nobody really on the roster is set up to be like the low post threat. Uh, but but the, with the way they're going to be spread out on offense, it's really going to open up lanes. And from just watching his uh, Terrell's highlights, he's not bashful going over the basket, so uh, he should have some opportunities there. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we did a lot of different things uh, offensively. Um, uh, we did we played a lot of uh, small basketball, and that's where we kind of had some success. So to be honest with you, Terrell uh, can play uh, multiple positions. I mean, he's been in positions where he's had to play the five fours, mm. uh, even though he's not no obviously traditional five man, uh, but he'll play the four, uh, which is what his primary position was for us. So, and, and, you know, in most cases now, the way the game is, has evolved, um, he um, definitely, you know, can do a lot of different things, playing multiple positions. He could be a guard that, you know, can can dribble the basketball a little bit, uh, obviously shoot it. He can put it on the floor, get to the rim. Um, so I think I think he would fit uh, really good in that system uh, just because he's got some similarities to what kind of what we've done, what we did uh, when we were both at Southern uh, because we did a lot of things with dribble drive. And obviously with dribble drive, uh, you have to be able to do a multitude of things. You can't just be a one-dimensional player. Mm. And on the defensive end, Tobin, I know, is going to want to go fairly deep. He's going to want to press a lot, wants to get him out in transition. Iona's got a bunch of guys in that 6'6 range. And uh, here with, with, with Terrell, we got another one. Just I just feel a lot of stuff going on the break, a lot of, a lot of finishing on the break. Uh, did you guys press a lot at Southern? We, that's all we did. Uh, <laughs> so he will fit. He will fit great with that. He will. <laughs> he really will. So. Um, you know, we were in a lot of basketball games over the course of the last uh, couple of years where uh, we got ourselves back in basketball games while pressing. And he was obviously one of the catalysts. He's one of those guys that'll fly around. Uh, we did a lot of pressing. I mean, um, not as much this previous season, but in the two years prior, we pressed quite a bit. And Terrell was very instrumental uh, in our pre- pressure defense. So, hmm. Um, that won't be anything that'll be something completely different for him. He's been through, been through uh, press and pressing, pressing. So um, I think he will do well, you know, obviously in that kind of system because he has experience in it. Mm. Well, like I said, I, I, I didn't get to see uh, any of the games, but certainly uh, just watching his highlights and just knowing what we're going to be running next year on both ends, he seems like a perfect fit. Um, so I've done a bunch of these kinds of interviews with folks like yourself to get insights into all our new players at Iona. And I always wrap up with the same question. Why are Iona fans going to love Terrell? Because he's a 
he's a, a guy that's going to give everything he's got uh, 110%. Um, you know, he's um, a guy that brings a lot of experience. He's going, you know, he's going to be a great kid. He's going to make a lot of athletic uh, plays. He's going to make an impact because of his athleticism. Um, and then, you know, you know, me and him talk quite a bit. Uh, I know his excitement of being up there. He he wants to be in a position where he can help Ione continue the tradition that they've had as far as winning championships. So, you know, he he's 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 a guy that wants to win. So I I look at him as being a, a grad transfer that has two years, and I know he's he's eager he's eager to w- try to help win a championship for Ione basketball. Well, we're eager to have him, and we were, were thankful that you were able to come on with us and uh, and share some knowledge. Because uh, uh, you know, when you have so many new players, the fans are just like, "Who are these guys?" You know. So uh, to have someone come on like yourself uh, to give us a lot of insights into into Terrell, the the man, not just the player, is really helpful to us. So I, I want to say thank you for coming on, and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, guy. I appreciate it so much for for um, asking me to be on. I appreciate it. All right, we'll catch up with you down the line. Thanks a lot. All right, thank you. Thanks again to our guests this episode and all our guests along the way during this barrage of scouting reports the past three months or so. We're getting very close to the end of season three in the pod, but before the final curtain, we've got a doozy of an app next time out. Be sure to tune in for that one. We'll see you then. Go Gales. Thank you for listening to this edition of the IonaHoops.com podcast. This podcast is a production of IonaHoops.com with publisher Guy Filatico. The opinions shared during this podcast are those of Guy Filatico, IonaHoops.com, and any featured guests. This podcast is not affiliated with Iona University Athletics or the university itself. Thank you for supporting IonaHoops.com.